0: We are back in another episode of Into the Combine. I am Stan the Man. Jason. So <laughs> let's break it down real quick.
1: the band Zibaba with uh, the Chibaba. song yeah I don't know how the hell you say that Mexican hardcore though with the song Diablo fuck yeah <laughs> pretty uh <laughs> fucking just dirty dirty down in the depths of low end hardcore good shit so
2: Wait, is that off the new that's off the newest album yeah right? the EP or not new, but like the most recent album the EP yeah yep can you say the name of that album for me I can Shoddy. it oh fuck Diablo Con Amor adios <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking good dude I raged so hard to Ross with that album I know Not yeah, that album, but the one right after that
1: <laughs> anyways um, yeah breaking it down we've got shoddy shit you went to a show so you're going to talk a little bit about that Born of Osiris Within the Ruins and then uh, you scored an interview with Joe the guitarist that was and, a real good time yeah and then I talked to Jason Richardson um of previously he was in Born of Osiris on the Discovery album. He's been in All Shall Perish. He did uh some stuff with Chelsea Grin for a while and now he's doing the solo stuff, which is actually pretty fucking good guitar solo album. So he uh so we got an interview on that. But yeah, that's uh I wanna hear about the show you're at, dude. You haven't told us anything about it yet.
2: Okay, all right. So that concert, uh good time. Uh sounded pretty decent. But yeah, I guess. We started uh, in the ruins. So, um I didn't I missed the first band. It was some I honestly I couldn't even tell you. Within the Ruins came on second. Um they put on a real good show. Uh it was a good mix of shit from the old album and the new album. So you know Feeding Frenzy was on there. Was their highlight track from Elite. They played a little bit of shit off of Phenomena, but for the most part it was pretty heavy with the new album. God, what is the new album called?
1: Halfway Half Human or Halfway Human?
2: Yeah, Halfway Human. Yep, yep. So yeah, it was I had never seen them before, so it was I thought we they were. Came across energetic. pretty good live. Yeah, yeah. It was C D quality. Um, I go into it in the interview so I don't want to take too much uh time talking about that, but I guess how they, you know, produce that technical sound, I guess, live yeah. and how they do it in the studio. So I'll let you guys listen to the interview to see how they do that. But yeah, it sounds real good. Um if you've ever been to like uh, an after the burial show and have heard, you know, the way that they do their mixing after losing a guitarist. It's that tight. So, props to them. And then, uh, Born of Osiris, uh, Headliners. Wait, um, did you stay around for volumes went... and all that too? I, no, I just didn't. No, I didn't. I mean, I, I wouldn't was, have either, but... I went but... And got something to eat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I was... It was just a long day. I went and got some food and shit in between that. So, I kind of knew when bands were on. And whether it being in I line, it. it was just a quick walk. So, yeah, but <laughs> Born of Osiris, the... Headliners. I've seen them once before. It was way, way, way fucking back in the day. Like
1: at some little venue here, right?
2: Yeah, some little shithole in the wall venue. Yeah, there that you go. That was like after the New Rain. Um. Yeah, literally, it was like the the tour for the New Rain. Like they headlined. It was a very small tour that they did, and they stopped yeah, by that shithole in Michigan. Um. I thought they were awesome when I seen them there. I thought that it was better than the CD when I seen them live. Um. And then seeing them this time. It was, you know, I mean, it's, so it's not the same because seeing them back in the day and I mean, it's kind of appropriate because they were talk, doing the
1: new, the, they were doing the new rain tour this time. Exactly. Right? And that's yeah. The tour yeah. You saw so, I on. mean, I
2: guess, well, I guess that's why I'm judging it based off of that concert back in the day that I hold so highly because, yeah, I mean, this was such a big CD for us. We fucking, we all fell in love with the CD. We listened to the hell out of the CD. And I guess, you know, getting a chance to see him back in the day and get, you know, a chance to see the songs the way that they were performed before the remake and then now. I mean I do like the old way better, but the city Did CDs, it hold up
1: live though? I mean, did they do it justice this time?
2: Yeah, yeah. They're again real good musicians. It held up live. All the sound effects were there and good. I guess credit the house for a good sounding system. But yeah, it did sound good. I really I enjoyed it. I really did enjoy it.
1: I was wondering because I mean that's I wouldn't really go see Born of Osiris too often or anything, but the New Rain I listened to it a month ago, and I think that album still holds up. That one of Discovery are, are worth listening to still, and so yeah. I was pretty curious about that tour because it's like I said that album would be cool to see live. But
2: so I had a chance before the concert to uh, talk with Joe Kachi um, from Within the Ruins. He plays guitar for them, and um, yeah, he had a lot to say about the tour recording. And just some other shit, I hope you guys like it.
3: Joe, I play guitar for Within the Ruins.
2: Okay, and actually, so that leads me to my first question. So, um, as guitarists, how do you guys, um, I guess, pro- project such a complex sound, being one guitarist, one bassist, and then, you know, the drummer and vocalist? I mean, I'll be honest, the first time I listened to you guys, I yeah. thought there were three guitarists. <laughs> so, and that was back, you know, I heard Elite for the first time. Yep. So, to hide
3: it, what do you guys... I mean, studio is one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's something that tons of bands do you know
2: yeah I, uh-huh. um
3: you'll listen, even bands that do have two guitar players when you listen to an album you'll still hear layers and layers of stuff so uh i've always just been a fan of making everything sound as full as possible and you know just creating a record because after all it's just something people are going to listen to you know it's trying to create a cool listening experience so we go all out when we're in the studio add as much shit as we can but um and then live it's a little bit different because I'm the only guitar player, but we do use, you know, we do all our, our click tracks and our sampled parts mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that with our laptop, uh, which is another thing that's been more popular lately, I feel like, yeah. with a lot of the younger bands and yeah. then the one guitar player bands. And um, we used to have two guitar players, and uh, after the last dude quit, which was like six years ago now, okay. this was like a temporary idea we had, So you know, some of the harmonies and some of the the backing stuff uh, we have tracked. So, uh, but it just felt great. You know, everything sounds better than two guitar players trying to play this crazy style of stuff. So uh, uh, we do our best to just kind of create the same experience live and it's been working, so.
2: So I guess then to build off of that, when you guys write, is how, I mean, I know you guys talked about this process being a little bit more organic than yeah. um, I guess some of the more mechanical ways that you guys went about writing in the past. So I guess like just explain I guess the organic side of it this time because it does sound you can tell that there's, you know, a, a difference, a stylistic yeah. difference. Yeah. So I guess how did that come about?
3: Um I don't know. I mean, I generally write the material myself and I'll uh I'll send the demos and the as as I create things, I'll send them off to the band mm-hmm. and they'll listen to stuff. And uh, we would uh, kind of meet up here and there, listen to stuff, go over. We kind of did like pre-production just on our own this time. We don't really usually do pre-production. We usually just hit the studio and record it, and that's it. It's done. So, uh, but having my own studio and being able to engineer and do all of our stuff together, uh, it's like Tim would come up for a weekend, and we would listen to stuff and fool around. And I don't know. The organic side I had a lot more to do with the the sound of the album, I think, and the production, like not as overly uh mixed or or you know the drum sound i i tried to have because um, you know phenomena sounds tight and clear mm-hmm. and stuff for sure mm-hmm. it's, it's its own it's its own thing but uh i did after a while kind of be like hey, it kind of lacks like some feeling and some the feeling of an actual band you know yeah yeah playing so i tried to keep that in mind and um I don't know man I guess the only other thing Was like When it came to writing There's like A lot of stuff on this album That I Usually would be like Oh that's Not Within the You know I don't know You have again, these I kind really of things do. That you stick to mm-hmm. And you're like So it was kind of like More about getting out of the Safe zone And being like "Well, Whatever Let's just do it You know it's a, it's a good riff Or it's a good It's a different part That you know We wouldn't usually use But It was like it came out. We wrote it. Let's just use it.
2: So. I mean, while listening to this album, I find I found myself do like this. Isn't you know what I would come to expect from you guys? But yeah. I personally, I loved it. I honestly, I loved how it you know it differed from what you guys did in the past. Because I felt like Elite and Phenomena were kind of like you know they built off of one another. Yeah. And then this was just kind of, it wasn't out of left field, but right. I mean, there were definitely some parts in there. So I guess, can you go into maybe what influenced, I guess, some of the, the changes? I mean, I know that you guys, you know, you said just a second ago that you were just like, whatever, let's go with, you know, stuff that sounds good. But I guess, yeah. what, were you listening? Was stuff influencing you? Was it bands that you were touring with? Mm. Like, I mean, I know probably all of that stupid question, but what, you know. I mean,
3: that is always a thing. Mm-hmm. For every artist, I mean, everything comes from somewhere yeah. and it's all been done before. It's, so it's a matter yeah. of how you can, uh, you know, that like you said, it wasn't from left field, but it almost maybe wasn't as expected. And that was a huge, you know, there's something we had to do for this album. Just like, we can't just write the same stuff every time <laughs> we know that. We try not to, but, you know, and, and that comes with growth and, you know, doing two, three, four albums, you start... It forces you to to do some different stuff. Um, But, no, I don't think I have to be... I'm being completely honest. No real influences whatsoever in the past few years. I can't really find music that I'm that stoked about.
2: Okay. um,
3: You're kind of ruining the question
2: that I'm going to ask you in a minute.
3: All right. Well, I mean, it's (laughs) It's okay. I was just going to
2: ask, like, if there were any releases or if you've been listening to anything, you know, lately.
3: Um, like... I guess the uh, newest Gojira album I was really looking okay. forward to and I'm a big fan of that band so that was great but I uh, I don't know man it's like kind of half the reason we do what we do because we can write what we want to listen to mm-hmm. not to sound like you know in the I most know, humble I... way it's like you know we're big fans of music and metal and being able to like write and and having done it for so long kind of lets you write stuff that's interesting. You know, for yourself to listen yeah, to. that's yeah. why. That's why we do it. So we hope that it comes across the same way to the to the fans and stuff. So and
2: it, it does, man. It does. Uh, so I guess one last question then. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. Uh, where did the idea behind the Ataxia series yep. come from? I mean, it's been you know a theme in all the mm. albums. I personally love the instrumentals. Yeah. Um, I tried listening to them together to see if they you know i guess built off of one another which they don't in sound but can you i guess explain it a little bit more
3: um i I guess i've always been a fan of instrumentals i'm a big fan of like some older old school metal and stuff like that and you know there's instrumentals on most of the earlier metallica records Mm -hmm. and most and i always thought that was awesome so we were like let's do instrumentals no one really not a lot of bands do it we have a vocalist, so it's like why are we gonna do an instrumental, you know? But, yeah. So that's where the whole thing started, and then um, I don't know, Ataxia just uh, was something we were fooling around with at, at a, a practice one day, and we we're like, you know, let's go with it. Let's throw it on the record. Let's make it an instrumental, and it really did well. That's why like we keep doing it. Like people really enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, and they do. Love it. Really. So, yeah. Uh, it's a big thing for our band. It's like, it, not it. Surprisingly, it's up there with like the singles as far as best-selling songs and streams and mm-hmm. everything the instrumentals are like right up there yeah. So I know that uh, people enjoy it and maybe not everyone enjoys the screaming uh, Singing aspect yeah. of the band and then there's people who just enjoy music like that. So uh, It's a good like kind of crossover to still you know, uh, Try to reach out to more fans and more listeners and um, I don't know I think Ataxia 2 was going to be the the last one we are like alright let's just do part 2 it went <laughs> over so great let's make something that sounds you know within that realm mm. same style and then um, it did even better and everyone still is all about it so we were like I don't know I didn't I didn't know when to stop really so yeah, yeah. I don't even know what we're going to do on the next record we'll probably have to do one more I think
2: <laughs> okay yeah, yeah I mean they keep them coming I yeah. love them and I know I, I the community loves them yep. so yeah they Appreciate are it. yeah
3: yeah, It's just fun. It's, it shows another side. I mean, our drummer and I started the band and we were without a singer for like five years. This mm-hmm. was in high school. So we started as an instrumental band. We always had that element of like, all right, well, we have to uh, impress with our music because we don't have a front man. We That's don't have true. vocals. So let's just make music that will come across. It uh, uh, won't seem like anything. We used to play shows without uh, a singer. We, mm-hmm. we did that forever. So I think that kind of helped. Uh, create our almost like it's kind of not show off but it's just like got to prove yourself mm-hmm. with your instruments and stuff so we've tried to kind of keep that you know
2: yeah i mean honestly it was no offense to the the vocals or anything but that's what drew me to you guys yeah. to begin with was Sweet. how technical you know and how tight yeah. sounding everything
3: was so yeah. that's fun it's just like a, a, a time or song where we can just kind of say forget about structure forget mm-hmm. about whatever forget yeah. about verses. Um, forget about vocals. Just was well, just go crazy and make it a bunch of fun stuff. So,
2: well, we, we really appreciate Sweet, it, man. man. Well, thank I'm you. looking forward to hearing you guys tonight. I can't Sweet. wait. Yep. So, and uh, thank you so much, man.
3: Absolutely, thank you, brother.
1: Transitioning from that,
0: yeah, let's just talk about it real quick. Yeah, eternal rain, so, eternal yeah, we, rain. like
2: I alluded to, they they re born of Osiris remade a new rain into eternal rain. Uh, so, what the original came out in 2006 or seven? It's been yeah, a while, something like like
1: that. That, yeah. Stan, what do you think?
0: Um, some songs here and there are okay, most of them are horrible. <laughs>
2: Really? Like I actually
0: I actually did I kind of enjoyed abstract art a little bit. Huh. It's like a but uh, Rosencrantz, no Open Arms of the Damnation, Nation no, no. Empire's a Race the Definitely no. no. <laughs> um Bow Down was all right. Yeah. Uh, it it you doesn't know what I have like, that feel though. No, it doesn't. But like it was kind of album- cool like uh, some with abstract art I always like loved that song. It was like one of my favorite songs. So it was cool to hear that that song holds a you know different place in my heart than the rest of them so it was kind of cool to hear that other take on it so that's why i think i liked it a little bit but so what no. what about
2: the the new song on there, uh glorious day that was day?
0: actually uh i didn't like that i turned it off halfway through but um Same. that was actually an old song yeah they but it was recorded too. yeah
2: yeah yeah oh, i don't no. know if i knew that
0: yeah it's off of one of their eps before the other one I believe it yeah.
2: was, wasn't it when they were still called Rosecrans or something?
0: Yeah. Ro- yeah. One of the first DPs or one of their demos. I don't know what it was. Yeah. But. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, I, I paid attention every single they put out. I was interested and I listened to, and it's just like, every oh, time course. I listened, I was like, I, I wanted to like it because I think the new reigns a great album and it just didn't have the feel like the drums don't have that pun- punchy feel of the, uh, of the original recording. Even the vocals. I like the more raw, like harsh sounding. Whereas the new yeah. one it's so much more compressed. It's so much more like this this album should live where it did. It shouldn't take their new sound on. Like the punchiness of the original one gives it that bounce and the drums are what you're kind of listening to. And I feel like on the new one it just doesn't it's they're not up front as much as they were. And like when you get those transitions into those cool keyboard parts, they don't feel like they don't feel yeah. as beautiful or like they don't hit as hard or as good as on the original. I don't think. Yeah, they're opinion.
2: almost like, uh, they almost fall fall off a little bit. Right. I mean, like I, th- I, I, I was just going to say, I, I agree with everything that you guys are saying. I mean, so I, it was weird because I, I did like it only because it was just a little bit different. So I liked the new things that they did. I agree. I don't like, you know, how it sounded. I don't like that it wasn't, you know, as heavy. It wasn't as punchy um this you know this rendition kind of sounds bright and vibrant almost all the time it's like a new shiny toy Mm -hmm. i just didn't but i liked the different things that they did yeah that's a good point i guess is the The only reason why i listened to it yeah i like the contrast so i like before it didn't have that
1: sheen the whole time it was like dirty and then you would get that cool keyboard part and it would pop out now it's just like that that gloss over the whole thing
2: yep yeah that's a good point. So, yeah, like I, mean, I was going to say, I mean, uh, after
1: the burial, they re released their original, you know, rare form album, not original, but rare form. And when they did it, yeah. I feel that made sense because that album, the production was, you know, the drums were triggered. It didn't sound very good. Garbage. And then they got a new vocalist. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, that makes sense. Re- redo that. But I just don't think the new reign sounds bad. I think it holds up. So, I don't, there's just no point to, to me to re release it.
2: Yeah, I mean, we were we talked about it before. I mean, it's... Or I don't know, actually, if we did talk about it before on the cast. so no. I know we've maybe talked about it, you know, individually as friends. But, I mean, it was... Well, what was the point? Yeah. Like, what it's or maybe we did because I used the analogy why would you fucking paint the Mona Lisa over again <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. you, I you teased it that you just here. mentioned that <laughs> yeah I teased it but we never actually went into it like I just don't get it and the one I guess so Stan I disagree with you I hated the abstract art did you and I guess the one yeah I did not like that at all if any that's this track that I would always you know I listened to it a couple times through but I never listened to abstract art once after hearing the promo sampler that we got sent so yeah. Let's Is there one play. that, like,
0: stuck out to you, though, that you actually did kind of enjoy?
2: So I actually did enjoy um, uh, Open Arms to Damnation. Okay. But I, I want to just comment real quick on, I think it's, yeah, on the the new Reign, the original, he gets that real, real deep part at the end when he brings the pig squeal out. He can't do that anymore. He couldn't do it here, and he couldn't mm. do it live.
1: Interesting. So,
2: yeah, that's the one thing. It's there's There's a vocal... I mean, maybe that's the reason why they did the re-record, because maybe we can't achieve... Because, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you guys know what part I'm talking about, but it's at the end of the song, and he just takes it to a new level Demon Wise, and he did it live, and it was fucked back when I seen him in the day, because that's a part of the concert that vividly sticks out, so... Well, I was going to say, let's yeah.
1: play a clip of uh, maybe Empires or Race, like both versions for you guys. We'll start with the uh, old one and then go to the new one. Just see if you guys can, you know, hear the difference. And maybe you guys disagree, but... Uh,
2: yeah, please. If you disagree, let us know why. And uh, I guess if you didn't, for some odd reason, listen to the new Reign, you should definitely go back and do that. I know we've talked about it multiple times on this cast because mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, we hold it very highly here on uh, End of the Combine.
1: So anyways, also, you know, the Discovery, you know, kind of going to Jason Richardson a little bit, you know, they put out a, hi- a higher place after the new Reign, which, um, was okay. But then they put out Discovery, which I think is still a phenomenal album, super technical, progressive. And a lot of that is Jason Richardson. You know, he, uh, added a lot to that band. He's a, he's just a really good player. And, uh, so you guys like that album, the Discovery? I
2: lo- I did like it. I don't want to say it got old fast. Well, it did get old fast, <laughs> I mean, I feel like maybe just because I listened to it a shitload. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I can I can just hear the songs right now in my head, like Singularity, Ascension, Devastate, mm-hmm. just the, the the little nuances with the keyboards and then how it goes right into, you know, the aggressive nature. I liked it. And he did a lot it of like just, the
1: key programming and stuff too, you know, so he definitely well, added yeah. a lot
0: on that one. Stan, what about you? Oh, of course I liked it. Yeah, it's very technical, very uh, borderline catchy niche. But not like the new stuff, but yeah. I, I guess that's why it. I
2: say but it still it, it got, got the got old, old boo. after a while.
0: It's still got the boo characteristics that we all love to it, too.
1: Right. And that's the thing. Like, you listen to that album and then you listen to the ones after it, and you can definitely tell there was a change in member. You know what I mean? But, anyways. So, yeah. So, anyways, so that's kind of why when uh, the opportunity came to do an interview with Jason Richardson, uh, I had checked out his solo album before. Uh, it's called I. And uh, it's really good. Like it, there's a, there's two or t- two tracks with vocals on them. One has Spencer from Periphery. The other one has Lucas from Veil vale of Maya, the new singer. And they kind of sound like what you would expect for those songs. But they're but they're good. And the rest of it, it's kind of all over the place. I mean, if you're a guitar player, you're gonna be probably interested in it. And even if you're not, there's some cool stuff on there. So we talked about that album. We talked about the discovery. You know, he talked about getting kicked out of the band. You know, he goes into just a lot of that kind of shit. So it was an interesting talk with him. So, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll play that so you guys can can check that out.
2: All right, well, um, we end the Combine. Really hope that you enjoyed this interview-packed episode. We apologize for not, you know, divulging any more music that we've been listening to, but we will be sure to do that in the next episode. Please be sure to leave us some feedback. Tell us how we fucked up. Tell us how we, you know, <laughs> tickled your fancy um coming at you from into the combine i am shawty
0: jason stay in the man you guys stay metal
1: So, yeah, so you're on tour right now. Um, this is the first tour you've done with the solo stuff. How's it going so far, man?
4: it uh, It's been going a lot better than expected. That's for damn sure, yeah, we had no I obviously had no idea that how things were going to be received until we were out doing it. like obviously, all the online stuff has been doing really well, so we knew it wasn't got tank or bomb by any means, but we had no clue how well everything would be doing until we're out here doing it. now it's the third show and Everything has exceeded expectations so far so hopefully it stays going that way. So people, really stoked so far. People seem pretty into it. Oh yeah, like way more than I was expecting. Who
1: do you, who are you uh, who's in your live band right now? Do you have Luke on drums?
4: Yep, and then me and then a MacBook wow. the most important member. <laughs> wow. So that's so that's handling
1: all the other guitar parts and the other effects and everything you've got going on?
4: Yep, yep. I've edited out everything that I'm playing though. So the only way that you're hearing what I'm actually playing is cuz I'm playing it And then the laptop just takes care of all like the rhythms and like uh, extraneous harmonies and like all the crazy programming and all that stuff. Wow.
1: So with the solo album, you know, it sounds pretty complex. It sounds like that stuff's pretty hard to play. How did it take a lot of practice to get that ready for the live show?
4: Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. If I'm not... um I'm actually. That's why I'm sitting in the van right now. We don't have a green room today, unfortunately, at the venue we're playing. So I'm in the van right now with my guitar and microcube, and was just jamming for a little bit bef- right before I called you. And that'll definitely be what I do. What I do, like as soon as we're done with the interview as well. <laughs> right, <laughs> you gotta right. Got to make, got make, to gotta make sure my hands are warm, or else I literally can't play this stuff well. <laughs> I would you know, believe it, man. Like, I mean, at all.
0: <laughs> yeah. No,
1: yeah. I mean, because that album, it's insane. I mean, like I was, I was listening to it today, just Thank thinking you. about that, like. How that would go over live? I mean, do you feel pretty confident though? Once you get up there, you're hitting all the notes you want to hit, and it's coming—it's coming through pretty good.
4: Oh yeah, definitely. We both play—we um, both play with in ears, and there's metronome going for both of us the whole set. So it's definitely reassuring to have all of that like right there in your directly in your ear canal. Right. And you don't have to worry about venue monitors or anything like that. You just have the same mix, consistent mix everywhere. Right, which right. makes a huge diff makes a huge difference.
1: So you know, with the album uh, came out, what, I think in July, back in the summer.
4: Yeah, it came out uh, July twenty ninth. Okay, so I remember because that's the day before my birthday. <laughs> right on,
1: that's a, that's a good way yeah. to do it. <laughs> yeah. So you did it without a label. It's your first solo mm-hmm. album, you know, on your own and everything. How did it go? Getting it out to everybody, were people picking up on it pretty quick?
4: Yeah, it seemed like it. That's for sure. I mean, it did really well. It sold um sold seventy two or uh, seventy two hundred copies first week worldwide. I also had a, a ton of help from my, man, my manager Mike Milford and, uh, and Scott Lee over at uh, Modern Empire Management. If it wasn't for them, it definitely wouldn't have done anywhere near as well and all the great people I had involved with the album as well. Like Luke has a huge, huge reach and so does in the handful of sick guitar players I was fortunately able to get to throw some of their own swag on all the songs and stuff too.
1: Right, right.
4: All of that combined helps. A ton with the promotion and stuff that like, and plus with social media and the internet nowadays, like I feel like labels are definitely getting phased out because they just like they're just a middleman with money, and if you could just get that money directly from your fans, then there's really no reason for them besides like sick management to help get everything out and like done properly.
1: So was that kind of your reasoning then? You just figured you could do it without them, or or, or what was the reason behind going without the label?
4: Uh, Oh, I took a chance and it ended up just working really well. I had no idea how it was going to be received. I just I had quit my old band, Chelsea Grin, and then just knew I wanted to do or keep going with music and things like that. So I just literally just took a chance, put the Indiegogo out and got all my friends and stuff to post about it. And everybody was all about it. It seems like it raised over $30,000, over $33,000 in the long run. Which is like way better than what a label would give to someone like for their first album without like any personal numbers. You know what I right, mean? Right,
1: right. That's mm-hmm. ba- that's badass, man. So, so just kind of kind of go into just a little bit. You know why you started this solo album? Why you felt a need that you should go out on your own and do this?
4: Um, well, honestly, I just kind of felt I, I was sick of uh, catering to like a specific fan base of a like a specific niche style of metal, like deathcore. Like you know the really. Really breakdown oriented, really like kind of like gross, doomy sounding in a way at most times. And it was fun while it lasted, I, like for sure. Like that's the reason why I joined the band in the first place, uh, Chelsea Grin. But after like four and a half or close to four years of being with them, it just got to the point where I just needed to, uh, I just needed to kind of like express myself in a different way musically because I wasn't able to write what I wanted to. Like I had to cater to that specific fan base that I, they had already built. Cause I came in, you know, like two albums and an EP deep already. So they already had a very well-established fan base, not a, a smart business move, but, you know, just completely a- alienate an entire fan base that's already been built up just because like one member or the band wants to do something completely different. You could do that, but it doesn't, what I've seen other bands do, that it doesn't always end up working the best. Right. So, yeah, just like all parties involved, myself and the band included, we're we're all still friends. Uh, we we all still talk, and we're definitely on really good terms. But it just made sense to everyone involved that I just needed to part ways and do my do my own thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: And it's ended up work. It's ended up working out much better than I ever anticipated it could have.
1: Do you, so. I mean, do you think you're the kind of person who just is? You know, you kind of need to be like a creative director of a band or solo kind of. Because you seem to be very focused. You know, you seem to have very like a specific ideas from what I've read online and heard and stuff like that. You just seem to have a very realized idea of where you want to go with things. So does it seem like you? that's kind of like you're, the best thing for you is just to be doing it on your own or at least to be kind of like the director of the process?
4: I kind of like uh, the, the latter of what you said better, like more like a director in a way, because I definitely don't mind having help from other people. Like when I went to the studio, I intentionally left uh, two songs unfinished so that way Luke and uh, Taylor, the guy who, uh, Taylor Larson, who engineered and mixed everything, so they could have input on those as well so they could sound a little bit different from the rest of the album. And those songs did end up sounding, have like a little bit of a different feel to them. Um, Tonga and Fragments, those were both finished in the studio. Okay, okay. Everything else yeah, everything else was already pretty much written for like almost like 99%, if not 100%, everything else is already done, and then those two were only like a minute, minute and a half deep uh, when we went into the studio.
1: Okay, yeah, no, that's cool, man. Mm -hmm. So, because I mean... Yeah, I I I definitely
4: don't don't mind it. Yeah, I definitely don't mind outside help if it's like someone I look up to and like really like value their opinion.
1: Yeah, I hear you, man. So um,
4: with this album too, I'm starting to pick up
1: on some things. You know, I go back and listen to some of your older material, and, and with this, I'm starting to kind of see... What I would look at is like maybe your style with the whole, for me, you know, I, I kind of wonder how you would describe it. But for me, I hear like the guitar, the, the amazing, you know, uh, riffs and, and, and licks and all that. But you kind of combine it with that electronic, the programming, some of that, that almost uh, like cinematic kind of a, a feel.
4: Yeah, exactly. Mm hmm. Is that something yeah, that you're... Goal.
1: Okay, okay.
4: Yeah, I do all of that stuff. All of the programming, the strings, electronic stuff. I, I do all of that as well.
1: That's, yeah, that's what I really like about that i-album. I mean, uh, the playing, obviously, is amazing. You know, you've got... All, sure. the, one,
4: one. I'm Let's sorry. It's the Roman numeral. Yeah, it's the Roman numeral one. All good. It's kind of meant to. It's kind of meant to be confusing because it could go either way. You okay. know? That was kind of the idea.
1: Right. Right. Okay. So mm-hmm. with yeah, mm-hmm. with one. I mean, because you know, you can hear it with some of the songs that I. I'm not sure exactly all the songs you wrote with with Born of Osiris and all that, but it seems to be kind of a thing that you you throw in there quite a bit, and it really kind of. I think it elevates this, this this solo album quite a bit. You hear those, especially like on the the last album. I mean, the last song, Chapter Two. You know it starts mm-hmm. off with that really cool programming that you have in there. It kind of gives like an epic feel. And it just kind of, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like Lord it, of the Rings. At, yeah. In a way. So that's something you your—you—you—you you, you do all of that.
4: Yes, I do all of that. That's all, all me. All my sound libraries and programming and ideas and all that. That's mm-hmm. awesome, man. Well, hopefully, in, in the long run, I want to end up doing like film scoring and video game stuff at some point down the road. I just need to make the right connection in order to make that happen like officially.
1: Right. How did you get into you that? I got to get
4: the right foot in the right door sorry how did you get into that to begin with uh just um well guitar pro from like you know almost a decade ago they have all of that all that's that's when I first started doing it because they have all the instruments and stuff in there uh, already where you can just program a guitar line and just change the sound uh to like some like crappy little midi instrument or like rinky dink like string sound or anything like that and that's I guess that's where I initially started with it but then when I was in um I've been recording my own stuff like since I was in high school like that's when I first started learning about like DAWs the recording interface or recording programs and all that stuff so it just kind of snowballed from there like I've just kept learning and learning and learning over the years and it got to the point where I just started investing like a ton of money in like actual sound libraries that are used on like TV shows and stuff like that like I'll be watching Bob's Burgers or South Park and literally like look up and be like wait I know exactly where that samples from, because <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I had it's usually like a lot of the stuff is like pre-recorded things that orchestras do, like all like the weird effects and like textures and things like that that you can't necessarily like just like program program out in a way. It's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to explain without like having like a visual and like being able to like show you exactly what it is in the library that I'm talking about. Like maybe something like you know like some weird string swell that's like. <clears throat> Like something like that. Like you can't like necessarily program that out if you just have like, you know, like a string instrument that sustains or something like that. Right. It has to be already made in there. So they have like, or there's libraries that will have a ton of those already recorded and you just hold down one key and it goes (laughs)
0: like
4: the weird scrapes and all all of that stuff. And they have a ton of different variations of them. So you can get really creative and they all tempo sync too. So it like changes the length and, or they could be really fast or really quick and all of that stuff. Okay. Yeah. It's really in, it's really in depth yeah, and takes a while to figure out. The hardest part is remembering where everything is because there's so much stuff.
1: Right, man. Yeah. I just, I just think it's really cool. It just it adds a whole other layer that like layering it over mm-hmm. under the guitar parts, you know, or even with the intros and all that. But I just it's a cool thing that's kind of drawn me to some of your uh, the songs that you've written and some of the material you've Thanks, done. Man. Yeah. Yeah. So going. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
4: Uh, I was just gonna say that um, I just really like the fact that I do that stuff myself and don't have to completely rely on like a producer or something like that to add all of that. in. there's nothing wrong with that. Like I know a lot of bands do that, a lot of my friends bands do that. There's nothing wrong with it at all. But I like being able to, I like, I kind of take pride in like being able to say that like I did all of that and not, not that it, I like went and paid someone to do all of that. Like, you know, like they kind of did it all for me in a way. Right. I like, I like, yeah, I like the fact that I was able to create that and not have, to like literally just like kind of direct some dude or something like that like i said there's there's nothing wrong with that but i like the fact that it's all me and not just a a paid producer or something that has that are that does that for like tons of other people you know oh totally totally um
1: so yeah one of my favorite songs too on there was uh down is maybe how you say it down. Yeah, 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 man. So that one is. Yeah, yeah. It's just It, it kind of stands out a little bit on the album. You know, it goes random places. Uh, it's a pretty yep. unique song. So, how would you come up with that one?
4: Oh, uh, that was one of the moments where I was writing like the second half of the album. And I had the brief epi- or the epiphany that I don't have to put a breakdown here. I can literally write whatever the hell I want, like literally. And no one's going to tell me no. So I put that hoedown in there and the jazz part and that's just how it ended up coming out. I was like, what kind of quirky stuff could I put in here to like just have some fun with? And then that song ended up being what it is. its got like, a, a ton of ups and downs, but that was pretty much, I just, like in a way, the country part, because I'm honestly not like the biggest fan of stuff like that. I just wanted that part to be in there just as like kind of like a middle finger in a way is to say like, I could do it if I want to. So <laughs> here it is.
1: <laughs> right yeah man no it's yeah, it, awesome because yeah, it
4: it's not my it's because that type style of playing and stuff like i'm not i'm not i'm not trying to like knock knock anyone by any means the pe- there's tons of great players that play that are incredible at that stuff and after me trying to write that part i was like oh damn like <laughs> yeah that uh that one part is honestly the hardest part on the almost the whole album wow i wish i had written it i wish i would written it like five or ten bpm slower because <laughs> it's just so it's just so quick, and I'm not used to playing those kind of like weird like pentatonic flat five type scales that quick and things like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's cool because it, it breaks up the album a little bit. It gives it some flavor, you know. That with the with the tracks that have the vocals on it, you know, it kind of it, make, it makes it flow mm-hmm. pretty good, you know, in my opinion.
4: For sure. Thank you, man.
1: Um, One more thing on that, you know, with the vocals, you got uh, you got Lucas from Bela Maya, which mm-hmm. was badass work on that song, and then you've got uh, Spencer. Yeah, he killed it. Yeah, man. Yeah, very, they both killed it. Very good. So what made you want, did you know you wanted to have some vocals on it, or did that come later? How, how did that yeah. work?
4: Yeah, that was always intended. I uh, I just wanted it to be exactly what I wanted. Like, there was no, uh, it didn't. I had no intention of it being, you know, 100% instrumental by any means at all. Like, I've always wanted to do a song with Spencer. Spencer and I have been talking about doing a song together for like a couple years until that ended up ha- actually going down on, on this song. Because I had written that one, uh, that song, Retrograde, when I was listening to one of their, uh, or the majority of that song, I had written it when I was listening to one of their new albums a few years ago. I think Juggernaut had just come out, and I had listened to that a bunch, and then it just when I wrote that one, it ended up se- seeming like fitting perfect for Spencer. And he's been my, I've been friends with those dudes for like, get fucked, 17, or uh, seven years now. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> like since, like I did a first tour with them back in 2010, it's crazy to say that that's seven years now. Yeah. But um, but yeah, we had just been talking about doing a song for forever, and then I honestly I, pi- I pitched retrograde to Grin. I sent it to them, and they all liked it. But one of the dudes was just like,
1: "Oh, it's too much."
4: So <laughs> that was another mo- that that was another moment where I was like, "Man, I don't know how much longer I can keep doing this." Yeah, I just wrote this like sick song that I'm really stoked on, and one of the dudes is just like, "Oh, I don't know, man." But <laughs> I I kind of get it because it definitely wouldn't fit perfectly like for like a, the Chelsea Grin fan base, and sure. that totally makes sense. Yeah, because so, it is a little bit much. It's not just first fret breakdowns and like things like that, like the whole time with like a few sick riffs here and there.
1: So, uh, going off that for a second, because you know I was a pretty big fan of the the discovery and everything, and then once you left and went to Chelsea Grin, you know I, I was never a big fan of that band, so I really never went and listened. And then you know mm-hmm. I knew we were going to do this interview, I went back and and I actually some of the stuff you do on those albums are is great. But what uh, what made you want to join that band to begin with? Just because to me it seems like your style and all that almost wouldn't match up with, you know, your sense of progression and, and all that kind of stuff. And then you kind of went into more of that niche style playing. Like you said, you know, what was it about it that mm-hmm. made you want to in the beginning?
4: Well, we had been really good friends for a while already. Like born in Rosario, to toured the Chelsea Grand a couple of times and their, uh, their guitar player, Dan uh, lived in, lived literally like down the street from uh, me and the boo dudes. So he was all, always over at our place hanging out. And, uh, when Chelsea Grant, or I mean, when born of Osiris kicked me out, Chelsea Grant had just lost one of their guitar players like a month or two before that. So I, I called Dan to vent essentially uh, about what had just happened with me and boo. And I just jokingly said, you should let me join your band. And then he was like, okay, let me call you back. And then four hours later I was going to Europe with them in like a couple weeks. <laughs> so like literally just made it was like just ma- making the best out of two like really lame situations and yeah ended up working out yeah
1: okay yeah i just it just i was just wondering just not not i'm not trying to put them down or right. i think it's it just wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. my style i just no after... a lot of
4: people were confused i totally get it yeah a lot of people were like wait what
1: <laughs> but i think you made it a, for sure made some great albums with them so that's that's cool you know i can listen to those and i do hear some some badass badass stuff in there
4: yeah i like evolve and ashes a lot they definitely turned out cool right right so,
1: um, th- with the Discovery, you know, that's that was, that was my favorite Born of Osiris album and everything, that's the one that you came in on. What was that like when you came into that band? Because you, you came from All Shell Parish, you were pretty young, was that a pretty mm-hmm. big deal to join the band at that time?
4: Uh, yeah, honestly, I mean, they were my favorite band at the time uh, when I was in high school and things like that. So, uh, I filled in for them on one tour, because uh, they had, at the time, when I was still in All Shell Parish, Tosin Abasi from Animals as Leaders was. Uh, playing with them, uh, second guitar. And then he bailed kind of like without telling them, pretty much. Like uh, he, Animals as Leaders got their first tour ever. And then I think they found out about it by Lamb Goat and saw the dates and that they were conflicting with their next tour and were like, oh, crap. And then so they like we had like two, three weeks to find another guitar player before that tour happened. And Allshall Parish had around three, four months off or something like that. So I was just like, well, I'll do it. Right, 100%. I'll I'll fill in. That'd be tight. And then every day on that tour, I think it was it was it was a haybreed Cannibal Corpse, Unearth, Born of Osiris, and Hate Eternal Damn. was the lineup. it's <laughs> yeah, it pretty crazy. It was a, a pretty cool It's fun. But um, they were pretty much like begging me every single day. They would ask me like, Hey, so you're gonna join the band yet? Are you in the band yet? It was all. It was pretty much daily. Someone would say that. And then after like six weeks of that, I just started really thinking about. It. I was like, Ah, this probably would be cool. And then it just ended up happening. We did it. Yeah. We also perish and yeah. And then joined them, joined them for a couple of years.
1: And you know, I know it didn't all work out and everything, but how do you look back on the discovery? I mean, on, on the album and what you did to that with that album and in your, in your contributions and everything, how do you look back on it now? I mean,
4: it, it was cool. People think I did a lot more than I actually did. It was kind of funny, but they like, people think I was like the only one behind it. And that's definitely not the case. Like, um, I, uh, Let's see what all did i actually write on there i wrote about like 70 percent fall assign like the main breakdown part with the catchy keyboard line uh that that was me okay i wrote that key i wrote that keyboard part and breakdown and the solo at the end obviously um i wrote a lead on singularity but that was cameron's song i wrote like the last half of regenerate i think uh i can't remember i wrote a main another part of a. Uh, just like a quick riff on one, I can't remember the name of the song. Automatic motion, maybe. I think that's one of the names of the songs mm-hmm. on there. I wrote like a cool, like ascending part on on that one. Not, not it wasn't wasn't much of the song though. It was just like one little riff thing. And then, oh yeah, there's the uh, what's that? Fuck, what's the name of that other one? Ascension. Is that one of the songs? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, whole, yeah. Really bouncy one. Yeah, I I spiced up the chords during the chorus. Like before they were just like power chords on Lee's pre-pro and I changed them up to make them a lot more colorful and put like a tappy part on the bass. And then I wrote all of 14 and behold, those are 100% mine. Okay. Um, uh, those are actually from like me when I was back in high school still. Like when I wrote the majority of that, I kind of made it my own again when we decided it for the album. But the majority of that I wrote when I was like anywhere from like 15 to 17, those two songs. Oh, no shit. Wow. But okay. Yeah, everyone thinks I wrote, everyone thinks I wrote like the whole thing, but I definitely like, the the ones I wrote the whole actual songs one hundred percent of are fourteen and behold. Yeah. Those are technically mine. I don't even think they should be considered boo songs. But right. those are those yeah, those ones are one hundred percent mine. The rest was all just like kind of in, like input here and there. Oh yeah, the solo on Devastate, obviously, I wrote that. But yeah, I guess it was more kinda of in a way of just like production on a couple parts. And yeah. then Fall of so signs, regenerate, fourteen, and behold are the ones that I had like a lot of input in for writing.
1: I know I was under that impression, just because if you look at the album before it and then you look at the album after it, you know, really it's yeah, I don't know uh, what very to different. Them
4: afterwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what they decided to do afterwards.
1: Right. We we, we had
4: to my, not my personal favorite, but to each their own. Exactly. They're still doing something right or else they wouldn't be on tour still.
1: For sure, for sure. And you know, we had reviewed the album on the mm-hmm. podcast and everything and and there's things to, you know, you can get out of it, enjoy out of it, but that's what we were, when we, we did the review, we were like, I don't know, it it must have been something with Jason leaving because this is so different, you know, now, and mm-hmm. so yeah, we were kind of under that impression too, and that's why I was kind of wondering, yeah. you know, how much um, creative influence and all that you had on that album and all that, you know? Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, it was definitely, I definitely had input, but I, in my opinion, people have, think I had a lot more than I actually did. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you still look back on it as a pretty good album, or, or or anything like that?
4: Yeah, I like it. I mean, I don't listen to it at all anymore, but I definitely still like it. I right. don't regret that it happened by any means, but I never jam it. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> right, I hear you. Yeah, I'm sure you guys. I'm sure you can understand. They sent me. They called me. They called me at one thirty in the morning, four days before Christmas, while I was home visiting family, and told me all my shit was on the way, on the way to me in a trailer. That's how they kicked me out.
0: Oh they, man. Didn't talk, they
4: didn't talk or like anything about that they just were just at 1 30 in the morning on december 21st they're like hey all your stuff's on your way to you in your trailer that your dad bought for us to use
1: <laughs> merry christmas <laughs>
4: yep yeah yeah man. pretty much
1: <laughs> no i don't yeah i don't blame you at all at that uh pretty shitty situation mm-hmm. but uh hey i mean oh yeah yeah at least now. It, it was
4: one of the best things that ever happened to me exactly Right. Getting kicked out of that band was one of the best things that ever happened to me. I mean, look where you're at now. Yeah, I'm I'm content. That's for sure. I don't regret it. I don't regret it at all.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, you know, so how far do you you know, from that point to this point now with your new stuff, how do you think you've grown as a guitarist? Is your you know, with writing style and Um, and technique and all that? Has it changed a whole lot from that point?
4: Well, honestly, that's another one of the reasons why I felt like I needed to leave Grin because I felt like I wasn't improving at all. Just playing that specific niche style of like of that of deathcore, because <clears throat> i wasn't able to like write what i wanted i had to cater to like you know the more simple stuff uh not talk shit like clearly at all but like i just i had to cater to that fan base and like what they wanted to hear with mm-hmm. all my writing so i wasn't able i wasn't progressing one bit in my opinion i felt like i was very very stagnant and like not not improving so that was another reason why i felt like i needed to leave is because i wanted to you know i wanted to be on tour with other musicians that i could take stuff away from Like I was always one of the, one of the, or it it sounds really cocky to say, but I was typically always the best guitar player on a tour besides the, besides the one with Falling Reverse uh, when Jackie Vincent was, was still in that band. He's not, he's not with them anymore, but just that was, I think the only tour with Chelsea Grin I did where I was able to go and jam with another guitar player and learn a ton of stuff from was with Falling Reverse when Jackie was still with them. that dude shreds. really He's on my album. He's on break. Yeah. He's on Breaking Damnation he has a solo on there
1: yeah okay okay
4: so yeah, that dude that dude's an incredible guitar player
1: oh see i wouldn't have even known that that's not a band i would ever listen to you know and uh but i did never recognize mm-hmm. that name on your album
4: mm-hmm. no uh following reverse very unique like they like i mean it's like they they get a lot of uh they, like a lot of people don't like them uh but you know with that always comes with everything like if you're if you don't have haters you're not doing something right <laughs> But right. there's way more people that, there's way more people that do like that band and dislike them. But, and whenever, and whenever you're listening to it, like, there's all of a sudden just like out of nowhere, like the sickest fucking guitar solo of all time. that sounds like it could be like Steve Vai or Paul Gilbert or something like that playing. Cause I remember like just randomly finding their, finding their music videos. And then all of a sudden there's this like E2 just like shred, just like clean as shit no, out sure. of nowhere and like stupid fast. I was like, well, that was, that was random, but really sick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. See, I'm not I have no no idea about any of that now, so I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that. So, um I just just a little bit more, I just wanted to ask a couple questions about uh your kind of your playing and stuff with what uh I know you play the seven string guitar. Um mm-hmm. why why seven? Why not eight? Why not six? Why why why'd you get into that?
4: Uh well my thought well well the first main reason I wanted to get a seven string is this dream theater song called This Dying Soul off of their album Train of Thought. That was like my favorite song of all time by them. And I just really wanted to learn it back when I was like a teenager, like uh, like anywhere from like, I think like 12 to 15 years old, somewhere around there. And then, so I just saved up for a year. saved up $1,735 to get a uh, Music Man 7-string, John Petrucci's signature guitar. It was the only one out at the time. He only had one out. Now he has like 12 or some crazy shit like uh-huh. that. But he, you know, it was back when he only had one model out, and I just saved up for over a year to get it and then learned that song. And I've just been playing sevens ever since. In my okay. opinion, there's like it's like why hold yourself back? You can do everything you can on a six, on a seven. So I really don't like have a reason to get a six. Although visually, when you are, I do know the one thing I could, should pick another a six up again for is because I know visually you see things differently when you're writing. Like you're forced to write in a different way because you don't have that bottom string, so you write differently. Mm. But um, but yeah, but that's the main reason why I just never have I just don't have any really is because uh, you can do everything you could do on a six on a seven so yeah
2: that's my
4: reasoning behind that I'm trying to put a fire under Ernie Ball's butt to get them to hurry up with the eight string it's a real thing it's happening I've seen it on the computer I've seen the schematics okay so it's definitely going down da- it's definitely going down it's just taking a minute I'm trying to be as like as annoying annoying as I can to- about it <laughs> without like being like you know like over the top like making them hate me
1: right <laughs> So you, you're pretty yeah. comfortable on the 8 as well, though?
4: Yes, uh, at this point, yeah. That was a weirder transition going from 7 to 8 than 6 to 7. Okay. Going from going from 7 to 8 messes with, mess with me visually a little bit, but going from 6 to 7 didn't really mess with me at all.
1: Interesting. They both look uh, challenging to me. so.
4: Yeah, I feel like it was just I was trying to overcompensate like when I was coming down on a sweep on the 8. Like when I was coming down on an arpeggio, I would feel like I would need to go down a lot further than I actually did. Okay. Things like that. Now,
1: see, when you mentioned with the seven-string stuff like that, um, and I know you, were, you, you mentioned being a fan of some of the older Born of Cyrus stuff when you were younger, I would have assumed maybe you would have got some yeah, influence from, like, new rain. right, right, right. I would, have, uh, I would have assumed that maybe you would have been influenced, or Meshuggah, you know, they would have, with their, I think they had eight strings at the time. Was that ever a, a thing mm-hmm. that stuck
4: out to you, too? Yeah, Meshuggah's definitely sick. I never dived into it as hard as a lot of people did but I definitely think they're incredible. Like they're great musicians and a lot, they're iconic Right. and Ble- bleed is sick. I I haven't like dived in as hard as I, as a lot of other people have, but I definitely like them a lot. That's for sure.
1: Okay. So, so John Petrucci, mm. wh- any other ones that were kind of big, uh, big guys when you were g- just as a, as a musician, as a guitarist that stick out for you? Uh,
4: when I was, when I was first learning everything and, um, the two guys that I listened to the most were Petrucci and, uh, Alexi Lajo from Bodum right on. those were like my two main those were like my two main dudes when I was learning everything uh obviously you know like Paul Gilbert, Yngwie, um, Rusty like all pretty much if all like those shred dudes when I was growing up I was learning as like as much their stuff as I could and that definitely helped a lot like what I did for fun instead of like you know like sports or anything like that I would come home and learn dream theater songs <laughs> that's like what I did right right <laughs> <laughs> like in their like in their entirety Oh man. I don't, I don't, I don't remember most of it now, but there's bits and pieces. I still practice all the time to like help with technique.
1: Right. Dude, that's a challenge.
4: <laughs> yeah. that was, Yeah. That was the point. I was like, this stuff is really hard. Let's see if I can do it.
1: <laughs> cool, man. All right. Well, I know you got, I know you got the show coming up. You got to practice for and everything. So I won't keep you anymore, man. I really, really, really appreciate you talking to us though and everything.
4: Yeah. 100% dude. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, man. Good luck with the rest of the tour and everything.
4: Yeah. Thank you, man. Thanks so much.